Aloha, everyone. Ronnie Landis here, and welcome to yet again another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. I am your host, as always, Ronnie Landis, and also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification Program. If that wasn't a mouthful, this is a fully comprehensive and integrative approach to all areas of natural nutrition raw food nutrition, plant-based nutrition, superfood nutrition, tonic herbal nutrition, environmental nutrition being the elements that we are living with each and every day and getting the nutrition of our environment, of the elements of nature, Um, hormone nutrition, brain nutrition, detoxification and cleansing principles and protocols and so, so much more. If you want more information on that, go to holistichealthmastery.com. And today's show, wow, wow, wow. I'm. This is one of the archived shows from my previous podcast almost three years ago. And this show was so phenomenal for so many reasons to me. Um, One of them is because this individual was one of the very first people that I tuned into seven years ago or so. Um, I I tuned into David Wolf. I tuned into Paul Check. I tuned into Dan McDonald, the life regenerator. And then I stumbled across this individual on his YouTube videos. And I was so profoundly impressed and inspired by his sharings, his transparency his authenticity of sharing his journey that he was going through, um, through raw foods and through cleansing and transforming himself through the nutritional technologies that were starting to allow him to permeate a higher state of consciousness and awareness. And that really inspired me. So Many years later, we had been connecting with one another and we had become friends and colleagues. And up to this point now, far after the interview, we've become very good friends and have spoken on many occasions, hung out on many occasions when available. And it's always a joy and pleasure. Now, this interview, this individual, by the way, is Marcus Patrick. And this interview was so great. We went into so many avenues of how really adopting a plant-based approach or even a high raw plant-based approach can transform every aspect of your full faculties, your mental, your emotional, your physical and spiritual faculties, the integrative factor of that through nutrition, through cleansing yourself of toxic residue of the standard American diet of of really walking more of a purification path for some point in your life, how that's revolutionized his life and just the journey that he's been on from being a Hollywood actor, being a model, being a a prize fighter, which we totally shared in common and talk more about the martial arts aspect of all this. But what an amazing interview. What an amazing discovery of consciousness and I really am excited for all of you that are about to listen to this so I'm gonna let you go with it I want to introduce Marcus Patrick
everybody. This is Ronnie Landis welcoming you to another edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential radio show. So today, my guest is someone that I'm really excited to bring on. I'm always excited to bring on people to the show because I never, ever bring on anyone that I don't feel is not only exceptional, but is doing incredible work in the world and is literally transformed themselves. That's the point of this this whole radio show. So the gentleman that I have is actually one of the first people that inspired me, I think like almost five years ago, to to get into raw foods. Not just to get into it, but to, to see someone who was a prime example of what I was going for at the time, which was um, professional athletics. And, you know, I think a lot of us are in this field, you know, we get kind of um, boggled down by the mainstream advertising and we kind of feel that we can't develop our full potential on a plant-based, let alone a raw food approach. And this is one of the individuals that has completely broken that mold wide open. So without further ado, I want to bring on Marcus Patrick. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Well, um, thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it. And um, I'll do my best to uh, share what I can that will help anybody on the journey. Yeah, right on. So, yeah, uh, like I said before, I'm really excited about this. And, you know, you were one of the first people I found on YouTube that um, wasn't just talking about it, wasn't just educating about it, but you, you were able to integrate this information into your life for your needs. I mean, you were... A, a long-term athlete, bodybuilder. I mean, I'm sure you'll give the whole download, but you know, just to have that the the physicality to go with the knowledge was uh, such a powerful thing for me as a catalyst to show that hey, you know what, you really can do this if you do it intelligently and you educate yourself on it. Well, yeah, um, it's a combination of being really humble and sensitive. And mm. venturing down a pathway which requires somewhat of an arrogance because to some degree you're trailblazing. Right. Um, and anybody who's really going down this raw pathway at this stage is still kind of trailblazing because they don't really know. No one really knows. All we have is um, a number of people out there who have popped up and showcased maybe some exceptional health or anti-aging benefits from from changing from the normal dietary pattern that everyone else in the mainstream is uh, following. And by eating lots of living food and refraining from flesh or animal cruelty, you've suddenly noticed that you know, there are a few people walking the earth that you're like, well, they have this exceptional health or glow. But there hasn't really been one dogmatic approach as to how to do it. And there hasn't really been big companies doing scientific research and promoting this way of living because ultimately this way of living kind of will destroy a corporate structure. So a science program that is funded by a cereal company or a dairy company are going to always endorse people to buy those type of products. And you're not going to have too many farmers running out trying to teach you how to eat produce. 
and using science. It's just common sense that is good for you. So most of us who are wandering down the pathway to uh, you know, raw veganism are going to have to do a lot of self-discovery. And there are only a few people out there that are really glowing positive examples of what this lifestyle can do. And, you know, I've been on the game now five years raw and 13 years vegan. And that has started to lend me, even to myself, a little bit of credibility that, okay, I'm clearly on the right path for myself because of the way I feel, how strong I feel. And ironically, the older I get, the more credibility I lend myself for being on this program. Mm -hmm. Because as I reach closer to 40 and my agents and managers submit me on roles for a 25-year-old, I begin to realize that it was when I was 25, 26 when I changed from the normal acid toxic diet over to a vegan diet that I almost stopped the clock at that age. And that's why I'm still submitted for the roles that are at the age when I was being toxic because it's almost like you reverse age on this diet. And I've especially seen it in my wife. Alyssa is <clears throat> turning 49 and <clears throat> she looks remarkably young and glowing and healthy and strong and she continues to get better, younger, sexier. And so for me, obviously, being that I'm a personal trainer as well, she was so keen to uh, do the training and do the diet with, um, with a joy. It's not so much strict discipline. It's a joy that she's like the, the greatest project to have for a trainer because you're like, well, let me see how far you can go, how much of a superhero I can make you. So mm -hmm. she and I have a lot of fun when uh, we're training in the gym together because it's always amazing to me how strong she can be as she gets close to 50 or how glowing and radiant and beautiful she looks. I'm just like, wow, you look like Storm from the X-Men. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it's like, I'm like, I can't believe you're, A, you know, she's my best buddy and wife, but it's just um, an amazing thing to see something somewhat materialize in front of your face, which is normally depicted in comic books or only in films like X-Men that Hollywood will put lots of smokescreen mirrors and special effects towards. So what this, what this uh, journey into uh, higher, I would call it higher consciousness of ingestion is really doing for us is is a basic like pioneering of what's possible for humankind. We are really just children learning how to take better care of ourselves. And with the popularity of shows like Dr. Oz, which believe it or not, I will TiVo to see what he's giving out to the mainstream. It's funny because a lot of what Dr. Raz will tell people to try and prescribe and increase in fruits and vegetables is kind of like the the kindergarten baby steps towards yeah it's the kindergarten baby steps towards this more radical lifestyle which is to eat 
you know, all plant-based foods. Um, and, and so the human race is trying to improve, clearly, because a show like Dr. Oz wasn't on TV 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's now on, and he has to be of the type of uh, sort of politically correct, Yeah, you know. He has to fit that mold in order to bridge it. Exactly. He can't go too radical for the masses because it will create an, an allergic reaction, mm-hmm. um, which is something I've often created because my personality is impatient and A-type. And when I go for something, you know, I don't waste much time. Like, it's not a big deal for me to be looking next week or two weeks from now to be squatting 700 pounds because I squatted 655 last week. And I'm thinking, well, (laughs) that's, that's just normal for me, but that's, that's kind of abnormal for most people's minds. Um, it's an extreme athlete mindset. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that can come across as a little like nuts, um, radical, um, or unrealistic. So you need somebody who is, making it more realistic to your average office worker to be able to make incremental improvements or baby steps. Um, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I think you touched on some some very key principles and, and concepts. What, one thing I want to I um, elaborate on with you is that I, I was on the phone with a previous interview with uh, Julie Wilson, and she's the formulator of that product, Hot Rocks. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and you know, we, we got into this conversation, and her whole thing was that this product is just a Trojan horse. It's just a bridge to get this to get this concept over into the mainstream. You know, it, it's it's interesting. I find in our community, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves kind of preaching the gospel, and it doesn't always permeate outside of that field. And if we're gonna, you know, if we're going to expand this into the mainstream, we have to we have to be malleable. We have to be able to speak different languages at different times. Exactly. Um, especially for myself, like I work in an industry, believe it or not, now where I'm in probably the most toxic environment that you know one can be in because working for Hollywood men or, you know, being a, a dancer slash stripper or and acting, you're around people that are interested in the complete opposite yeah. of health. They, they, it's not such a big deal for those individuals to drink until they're comatose or try drugs, GHB, ecstasy. Um, you know, they really could care less about what they're eating or consuming. And if I have a conversation with them and say, are you aware how bad cigarettes, GHB, um, steroids, or um, cocaine is is for you? And they're like, yeah, man, I know it's bad for me, but rock on. And I'm like, wow, Wow. okay. You know, those individuals, and some of them are the nicest people. So I've learned, you know, look, we can't run around trying to force feed the human race to evolve towards health if – 50% 50% of them aren't interested. You see, the human experience is a very personal experience between the self and the divine. And the more I've meditated on the divine, the more I've looked at the fact that 
the divine universe is both light and dark in in almost equal quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to recognize the fact that if you look at the amount of sunlight and starlight there is in the universe, there's just as much, if not more, darkness. And that is the representation of our father that is the universe itself or our mother that is the universe herself. And I often just call it an it because, you know, the universe is both male and female or neither. Um, But when you then take a look at what is human consciousness, it is then going to be the mirror of the father-mother figure, which is we are both light and dark as human beings. Because we are a universe. We are a miniature universe given birth into the macro universe. So inside of a human being exists both light and dark. And what they choose to do with their darkness is their own personal journey between them and the divine universe. And we have to respect it. So when I'm around some people who are like, dude, you know, I, I love you, man. You're all healthy and everything, but shit, shit man. Like, <laughs> don't you ever just get bored and want to do some like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, dude? I mean, I'm having such a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm laughing, thinking, wow, that's funny. Um, you know, he is, whoever that character is, is having a blast at life. And he's quite within his rights to do that. And uh, who am I to tell him otherwise? Unless he chooses to go, you know, I've had enough of that dark fun. I really want to turn my life around. And, you know, you you seem to have ventured down this other pathway. Could you share a few ideas with me? And I'm like, sure, buddy. But otherwise, I don't want to preach to people who ain't interested in the pathway towards, you know, greater levels of health and yeah. wisdom. I don't I'm, I really have no time for it. Like, good luck. Enjoy yourself. And, uh, you know. If you end up in jail or you end up, you know, dying young as a result of uh, living life on the edge, then it's unfortunate because here's the thing. Just because someone's experimenting with darkness doesn't necessarily mean that they're a complete evil person. It can be very unfortunate when we know that we have a friend, a loved one who, you know, kind of has a bit of an addiction to something dark. And then they end up passing away young and we're like, ah, what a shame. Mm -hmm. We love that. We love that person despite their flaws. We're human too. Because you know why? At some point in our lives, we were doing something stupid until we woke up and saw the light. Um, And we probably are still doing something stupid. (laughs) in In comparison to alien, an alien species that have already grown up through this particular juvenile stage that the human race is in, um, we are probably looked at as absolute asinine idiots by an advanced species. They would look at us like, what the hell are they doing? And if you look at a lot of science fiction films, even the current Superman movie that's out, there are hidden messages in there by the writers, and these writers are brilliant because they're tapping into things that are potential realities just as science fiction um of the 60s has now become science fact yeah so if you can imagine uh a a race of beings like the beings that were depicted by superman on 
on planet Krypton and, and his father. Well, these alien beings that look no different to us as humans may have simply discovered how to preserve the stem cell, which current science today in our real world, not hokey-pokey quantum physics, we're talking the, fa- the physics that is generally accepted as very credible and logical, is saying that the stem cell is immortal. And we have pretty factual evidence that when you see yeah. stem cells going from generation to generation, your great-grandmother and your great-grandfather and each child that comes out is basically taking the stem cell from the parent and moving on with it and, and creating more life. Well, once we as a human species learn that we are basically reproducing cells on a daily basis from an immortal stem cell, but we stop destroying that stem cell with daily toxicity, we, we have you know, no idea what might be the limit. It might be that the human species is capable of living 10,000 years like this superhuman race that's depicted in these fictional novels, Superman. Um, and that might just be something that the next generations will uh, grab a hold of. Whether we get it in our generation, we don't know. We do see that we can extend life. Um, we do see that we can anti-age. We do see that we have the ability to nourish cells to the point that they are so full of oxygen and energy that they can uh, fight diseases and become maybe potentially stronger in the gym. But how far does that rabbit hole go is what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, there's a lot of nuggets in there that I wanted to to jump on as you're talking about it. One um just related to the last thing you just said, it's that is that's been grabbing a hold of my imagination lately too is about this life extension and not only in the extension of our life, but how can we maximize our potential every day of, you know, every day of our life and you know, I, I'm. I don't know if you're aware. There was a man named Alex Corell in the early 1900s who took cells from a chicken and put it in a petri dish. And basically, what he found out was that these cells actually, um, like he did an experiment where they were able to to live on over 26 years. And all he did was he would change out the 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 medium. He would change out the environment and make sure his conclusion was that. The cell is actually immortal, and if you give it the right pH, you give it the right minerals, you give it the right environment that it needs, then actually the cells will continue to live on indefinitely. Exactly. And that's credible science. And right. the, the key is, how do we as a, a species begin to get a hold of that information without being led the other way by people who are interested in simply profiting. So it's a tricky road. And for me, often I've had to just retract into a kind of uh, reclusive state at times where I'm not out talking or teaching because when you start discovering that 
the, the very simple things in life are what create cellular health. And it's a simple routine. Uh, you've got to be careful because you're going to have a lot of naysayers mm-hmm. and people who are interested in negativity. And those interested in negativity will push negativity on you because the crab in the barrel, um, what's that story about how crabs... They, um, anytime a crab tries to get out of the barrel, all the other crabs down below will pull it in to keep yeah, it from go. reaching the light. Exactly. And I have found at times being around certain friends, family, um, or clients that when they start to notice you're the crab climbing out of the barrel of this <laughs> potential, um, you know, death race, everyone's racing to a cliff and we're all going to go off the cliff and we're all going to end up, you know, dying young and you may as well just enjoy it and you only live once and all these different words and philosophies that people have been comfortable living by for years. If you start pulling out from that and getting out the barrel, they want to pull you back in. So it sometimes takes being reclusive. And that's why you'll hear of the masters of long life often live up the top of mountains Mm -hmm. away from the masses because a, they get to where the air is cleaner and thinner and, and they're higher at altitude, so their blood starts taking on more oxygen. And B, they're away from the, the masses and the behavior of the sheeple. And the sheeple are comfortable destroying themselves. And as they destroy themselves and, and complain about it, they all pat each other on the back and say, yeah, it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm destroying myself too, so let's go out together and get drunk and wasted again. Do it twice as fast. Yeah, and it's like... It, it does require sometimes one taking time away to just sort of be with one's own thoughts or meditate, prayer, whatever you're going to do to make a radical change in your life if you, if you do really want to make that change. Yeah, I, I'm like totally in alignment with that. And as a martial artist, um, my entire my entire life, I was raised with Eastern philosophy and more of the kind of the traditionalism, very much into Bushido. And, um, you know, looking at it from that perspective, um, and especially speeding up to, to now as walking this path, it's kind of like full circle. You know, what you just said was really powerful because in our society – we're, it's predicated on quote-unquote success, acceleration, speed up, because it, it, from my estimation, it's based on scarcity and lack. And so we don't have enough time, so we have to, we have to speed up, put the engine in full throttle, and that, that mentality in of itself is very damaging and catabolizing. And that what you're saying is that that kind of bleeds out into... Like if you're around people like that or maybe you're that kind of person, all your influences, all your associations are all going to kind of – that energy is going to bleed into you and uh, influence you. And um, yeah, sometimes it's like I found for myself, especially being on this path now that I'm I'm cleansing out on a daily basis, I'm getting clear on – who is Ronnie Landis like in all of this? What am I here to do? And sometimes that requires me to detract from, you know, doing public events or even being around certain friends. You know, I have to I have to really get away so I can I can be clear inside myself. 
and and that's very healthy for you because ultimately we are all here to learn the only true way any human being finds the path of success is through alchemy because mm-hmm. you you are going to be shoveled shit almost every other day of your life and you're going to have to make the best of so many things that are not ideal you know that might appear non-logical how are you going to solve the puzzle on a regular basis the word that lives with me every day is alchemy mm. alchemy is the only way the human race is going to awaken from what it's doing which is disastrous because Ultimately, the human species on its current trajectory is heading for extinction. Yeah, that's the only that's, logical end, end point. Yeah, that's what's going to happen if we continue to do what we're doing and no one really wakes up and, and takes the bull by its horns and changes directions. The entire species is heading for a place where it will either set off a dirty bomb or have war between countries that create a devastating nuclear bomb or create so much disease and problems and financial problems that there is going to be a complete breakdown. And what, what will happen is when the species ends up becoming, you know, pretty much wiped out or destroyed, Mother Earth will just, you know, take a couple of hundred thousand years to regrow its plantation and and a new species will come up so if we as human beings really do value what we've been given which is we're so lucky in comparison to other animals Mm -hmm. that we actually get to explore consciousness from a a multi-dimensional platform we can we can look at ourselves and then listen to ourselves like i'm talking to you and right next to me is my own cynic saying, Marcus, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> get, why don't you just chill out, mate, and just have a good time? Yeah. You know, why are you even caring about the entire human species? Do you really think you can do anything about it? Mm-hmm. And then to my right could be the other guy going, well, no, I don't think you should discourage Marcus from going down the pathway of seeking to be the best he can because ultimately whenever – we admire the good in other human beings. We admire him. We admire those human beings for, you know, what they did choose to do that was for the greater good of mankind. And regardless as to whether we all get there or not, you know, at least we tried. Now, yeah. the, the divine thing that we're blessed with as human beings is that all of those conscious voices live within us at all times. And we are different to a dog that just goes, well, I need food and I'm going to scratch my butt and I love you when you come in the door and then I'm, I want to run to the park and take a dump. And the dog, the dog wants to repeat that behavior on a daily basis. And it's not going to sit around and have a con- contemplation of philosophy or, you know, you know, a dog's not going to sit around and think, you know, I really want to improve life for other dogs over there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> most most animals are not sitting around thinking about that. Although some animals are very compassionate to their own family members and protect each other, 
which is a wonderful reflection of the universe again. But we as human beings are so gifted to know the difference between our own light and dark and what potentially could be morally right or amoral or simply what is cause, effect, consequences and karma. We are able to contemplate all these things. What a gift. We have been given the gift to literally start having conversations with God itself. I mean, if we don't figure Mm -hmm. it out so that we can start doing something better with our existence on planet Earth, well then, you know what? The human species deserves to be gone. Because it's it's literally like being given an amazing um, rocket ship like Iron Man, right? Mm -hmm. If you were given that and someone said, you know, take care of this. Be really good with it. Don't abuse its power. Well, if you got in that ship, and let's make this an imaginary thing for you, Ronnie Landis, and you took off most nights, and instead of doing good with the suit, you kind of stopped off at a couple of houses, stole a few things, flew off. No one could do anything about it. You you stopped down in a country where, you know, you you could uh, basically capitalize, and you you, you decided, well, I'm in Iron Man suit, so I'll just knock a few fools out here and there. You know, shoot a few people, took off. No one could arrest you. I mean, imagine you were using the suit to rape and pillage. Well, that's a depiction of abuse of power. And people would never admire the Iron Man or whoever was in it for doing that. So when we get power, we have to do with the power that we've been granted that which is good. Otherwise, we are a pure villain. So the human species has to learn as we get power to do good with it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a that is such a key point right there. It's kind of like I look at it like our species or our society is is slowly coming out of the embryonic stage of its development, where we're starting to go into an older yet youthful state, and. Um, we're maturing, we're growing, and you said something earlier about the duality. There's always the light and dark. It was, it was a Charles Dickens, the, the tale of two cities, right? It's the best of times, the worst of times at the same time. And uh, I, I look back on history and I'm like, you know what? It's, it's always kind of been like this. It's just in a different platform. It's in a different format. Um, and so... I, you know, like you, I wonder about the the future of our our world, and I feel like the more people that that ex- do self exploration, that tune up their diet, that tune up their their mental space, that get their thoughts in order, and really start pursuing their passion, like that that to me, and maybe we can touch on that. That to me is the key to health, the key to longevity, the key to happiness, and the key to changing the world is if we have more people actually doing what they love to do, that would spread out um, worldwide. Oh, of course. Um, you know, one of the things that have been, has been the theme in my household, you know, with talks with uh, Alyssa, um, who y'all can, you know, look and seek out as my wife, Alyssa Patrick, is... The concept of what it takes to be a superhero or a divine being, because the funny thing is she often asks me, you know, how is it that you practice 
such a uh, a routine of of meditation, prayer, food, training, being kind, and yet at the same time, you know, you won't take any crap because if somebody is rude or disrespectful, there's a side of you that will come out that looks like like a, a silverback gorilla. <laughs> and I'm like, well, ultimately, I'm on the pathway towards uh, heroic qualities. That's what, for me, inspires me, heroic and divine qualities. And if you look at any hero or uh, divine beings or de- the depicted demigods of, of uh, the Greek mythology, all of these beings had certain attributes that you'd think about like bravery, discipline, integrity, nobility, um, positivity. And those were the things that they had to sort of practice and strive for every day. Yeah, it wasn't just given to them. No. You, you, you know, for me, I've gone beyond worrying and talking about food because to me, my refrigerator is filled with nothing but superfood and fresh fruits and vegetables. And it's kind of like, okay, that's old news already for me because I've been doing that now for five years. Next, what is the purpose of life? What's the reason you're doing it? it, What's the reason? Yeah. So to me, it's like the next reason is analyzing, well, why is it that some people find it so difficult to stick to eating a healthier-based diet plan and they will sometimes try it, then fall back into eating crap and find every justification for being able to do it. And the key is that they actually lack principles. They lack the discipline. They lack the integrity. They lack the endurance. They lack um, the passion that's required. Mm-hmm. So if if they lack those principles, then, okay, you, you're out with a bunch of friends, you were practicing being a raw vegan or just a vegan, and the friends say, come on, man, live a little, relax, let your hair down, what are you talking about, you know, have a drink. Well, they have a drink, and drinking, whether it's wine or any of the other supposedly healthier forms of alcohol, which that's a big myth, if you really do the research on it, there's no healthier form of alcohol, including wine. It's all carcinogens, and it reduces your consciousness to a vegetative state. So if you've been reduced to a vegetative state with a group of friends, then it's pretty easy at the end of the night to go, oh, man, I'm hungry, and someone says, here, let's just order a pizza, and they have a slice. And, uh, and if in, in their mind they're justifying that they're just having some cheese and they've gone from vegan to vegetarian for a second, and then someone says, oh, no, it was pepperoni pizza. (laughs) And they just went all the way back down the scale, and they became a vegetative state because of the alcohol, and then they became a flesh eater again. And before you know it, the parasites that are in those things take effect of their body again, and they redevelop the addiction. So what is it that makes a hero or a divine being? Well, it, it, it really is learning to overcome those pitfalls that take away your discipline, that take away your passion or your positivity or your self-control. Because if you lose those things, then we fall from grace. And whose grace do we fall from, really? Only our own. 
We only fall from our own grace. We don't fall. It's like, it's not for me to judge a person. I, I love so many people who have such a hard time with changing their diet or exercise pattern. And I really do love them. They're wonderful people. But sometimes they're like, well, can I hang out with you, Marcus? Can I hang out with you? And I'm like, unfortunately, no, not right now, because I'm so focused. And birds of a feather flock together. I want to mm-hmm. flock with focused people. Yeah. You know, does um, the, you know, the champion of, let's make it mainstream, the champion of the NBA, let's think about a big star like LeBron or um, Kobe Bryant, do they want to hang out with the typical street baller who, who plays ball down the block on the street and then sells a few crack rocks, you know, during his break? No, they need to hang out around professional athletes, physiotherapists, people who are rubbing their muscles, and other guys who are taking the sport just as seriously. Exactly. So that they can also achieve pulling off the NBA, you know, final and win it. Um, The same thing goes for people who are really focused when it comes to, you know, their own consciousness or journey down this pathway of increasing the divine principles within thyself. So let's say somebody uh, wants to hang in my frequency. I want to help them, but here's what I've found. In helping people sometimes, they will be trying to sink your ship. Mm-hmm. You can be helping them, trying to help teach them the positive ways, and they will be combative with you and trying to find ways to destroy your focus because it's their natural instinct to defend what they have done for 10, 20 years. And that's where it can be tricky because in the martial arts system, which you know because you've been through that, you cannot go into a martial arts um, dojo and disrespect your sensei. Absolutely. You cannot start bringing in any of your negative nonsense in that dojo with your <laughs> teacher. You know why? Because he will kick your effing ass. You know? And there's nothing... There's no police coming in there to say, oh, your, your, your martial arts teacher is assaulting you? No. You're just going to get your ass whipped old-fashioned yeah. school whipping until you or you're ejected you're out of the martial arts school and that's the last thing you want and it's that's the the, the school that i came up through yeah. which was yeah. you bow to your teacher and you're there because you respect this teacher and why do you respect this teacher because he has shown you that when you put three inches of wood in front of him with his fist he will go through it and you know that he's not bullshitting you. There's no illusions about what he's just done. <laughs> I mean, when I grew up and my father could do that, I was like, holy crap. Like, how did he do that? You know, there's definitely a, a, a number of things like laws of physics that he's applied. But a lot of it is to do with perseverance, discipline, um, accuracy, timing speed strength how did how did any of these things come about into this one man for him to be able to make that happen well i need to learn this and in order to learn it i'm gonna have to be humble and i better respect the dojo 
and I better respect him. We've lost that in this society. Absolutely. It, even the UFC, which I watch to, to, to keep uh, abreast of what's going on, has lost the respect of what martial arts was designed for, mm-hmm. which is martial arts is called martial means the preservation of life. And art is an art form of preserving life. So the original term for martial arts is to preserve your life through an art form. Well, that means that doesn't mean getting into a ring and getting your brains beat out or in a cage. That means learning how to preserve your own life or protect other people's lives um, and do it through an art form, whether it be hand-to-hand combat, whether it be with a sword as the samurais went down that pathway. It's an art form, just like martial law is the way of preserving life through law, and that's when the military come out and barricade up the streets. So when we have grown up with a respectful system where you put your hand on your chest and you say, I will honor the code of being a good martial artist, and I will not abuse these skills, and I will not go out and be a bully, and I will not become evil and use martial arts to extort people for money or hurt them. If you believe in that in your heart as you're growing up, you have a very different perception of what it is to be a martial artist. Oh yeah. Versus let's go and smash people. Yeah, I that's man, that's that brings up a whole lot of whole lot of memories and I did grow up with that same thing. You know, I felt like growing up just to touch on that real quick, um, I did feel very different from even other people that did martial arts because I felt a sense of, um, you know, the Bushido idea of what it was to have honor. I meditated on that for a long time. Like, what was honor? What did it mean in this world? Because everything around me was was uh, the absence of that. And that, you know, that what you said there about respect, I think, is the most important thing, whether it be our family structure, whether it be from person to person, our, our intimate relationships, anything in general demands respect. And um, you, you're so right. We have absolutely lost that. And you can see that too. Um, I know a lot of listeners might be able to relate to that. You can see that in the, the kind of nutrition, health food, raw food industry or field where Um, This is something I've been talking about a lot is kind of there's like this neurotic behavior that takes place and everyone is battling everyone instead of instead of celebrating the 95% of things that we all agree on we we have to nitpick at everybody and and, um, bash everybody like that goes on on YouTube and Facebook and, and it completely detracts from the evolution of what we're really trying to do. Well, yeah, I, I saw that, and uh, I felt uh, a sense of sadness of observing that through, you know, many of the raw fooders that become, you know, somewhat, you know, bashful or arrogant in each particular avenue they go down. And um, it's obviously part of the evolutionary process that seems to go on with human beings when they stumble upon something that seems quite good. And maybe I've been somewhat guilty of arrogance at times, you know, during my earlier years where I was like, wow, I think I found the fountain of youth or I found something that I, I feel is very important to share. And, and in the enthusiasm to share, some, you know, maybe too much arrogance comes through. But when you really take a look at what what the whole purpose for the food is, it's actually to create a longer life 
and uh, greater levels of health for anybody. And I think the enthusiasm that comes about when a human being starts this lifestyle is that, first of all, the taste buds change a little, you know, because we're so addicted to begin with to like the cooked sugars or the starchy things that we've been fed since we're 10. Um, like I remember at 10, I was eating like white bread with, with skippy peanut butter all over it, you know? <laughs> and that was just gorgeous to me at that age. I mean, like, yeah. look at the fact that a starving child in, in some places in, in the world would never get a, a sandwich that was like that. And it would just dream to have one. So we can't knock, you know, the white bread and skippy peanut butter so so badly when it was what we we lived for and dreamed exactly. for when we were 10. It was just, that was a form of our evolution. And then when we, we evolved to go, well, you know, if I were to eat that now, I would literally feel constipated. And if there was any dairy residue, residue in it, I would probably start feeling like throwing up because anytime any dairy started going through my throat, you know, once I hit 25, 26, we're talking 13 years ago, I literally started to get gag reflexes from dairy. Um, but that's because I'd meditated to ask my organism to reject anything that wasn't good for me. And I still do that. I ask my own human body to give me a signal if something's not good for me, for me to reject it. And by talking to your own body in meditation, you'd be surprised at how um, responsive it is. You know, it's no different to Google. If I type on Google right now and ask it a great question, it'll, it'll give me, you know, 10 answers to sift, sift through and various different websites to get the information from. Our human body is just as good. If you say, I really want you to guide me, body, instincts, towards what is really good for me and give me some signals and I'm ready to pay attention to them. The, the amazing thing about the human body is like you could put like several foods in front of you and do an experiment with each one and you'll literally go, wow, you know, when I eat a cucumber, I notice I feel so refreshed and I feel like something's going on. Like whatever was bringing me down acid has just reversed because cucumbers as we know are very alkaline mm -hmm. and they're filled with water so you will feel refreshed and you will feel alkalized and so what did i do i made sure that cucumbers are a daily part of my diet when when i noticed that if i ate blueberries something was taking place on a deeper level i made sure to increase the amount of blueberries in my diet later uh, I found out through research that blueberries are high in telomerase and uh, mm. it's, it's actually the very thing that keeps your DNA intact, yeah. keeps it from unraveling. So your body is so wise that it will lead you towards the right foods. And I've always been a very instinctive person, eater. Therefore, I can't subscribe to some of the dogmas that are out there like just go all fruit or, or right. go all nuts or, or go – I can't do that because my body will say, uh-oh, no. Um, in order for me to continue operating at my optimal when it comes to lifting very heavy weights or running fast or 
doing backflips, my body requires uh, all of the macromolecules and it's still kind of up in the air as to what it requires. So on any given day, after heavy lifting, if I'm sore, my body will suddenly just give me signals that it requires high nuts and seeds. And I will have to just give it what it wants because until it gets what it wants, it will not quit on asking for it. And then all of a sudden, it will suddenly seem like it's had its fill in that area and it will stop craving that and it will go to a high um, alkaline phase where it wants lots of greens and cucumbers and salads. And then sometimes it will want the high fruit because it's looking for the higher carbohydrates. So depending on a person's activity level or sport of choice will determine what foods they need. A person who's going to lift in a gym heavy every day and create sore muscle tissue is naturally going to require more nuts and seeds than a person who is an endurance athlete and doesn't necessarily break muscle tissue down but has a very high output of calories and will require a lot of carbohydrates. So for those two people to say which one is right, which one is not right, you know, both of them are right. And the, the problem is, is really in the egos, letting go of the ego and let's figure out how to inspire the human race because no one's going to inspire the human race by trying to trash talk other people. You know, we, I find that humorous. It's humorous when we, yeah. we get into those your mama jokes and, uh, <laughs> you know, your mama's so fat, shit, and, you know, I'll, I'll knock you out, all that garbage. But, like, as an actor, in the classroom of my acting class, we're always playing with that because fascinating characters are flawed. Yes. More, the more flawed a character is, the more fascinating they are to watch. Why? Because they are a train wreck waiting to happen. Just like all these reality shows are basically geared around people who are so flawed that they are going to create train wrecks and have physical fights in public places and get drunk or, or, or sleep with somebody that they shouldn't or get arrested. And that's why reality shows have become so popular. And we've got people like, you know, The Situation, who was a multi-multi-millionaire for, you know, words like DTF, which <laughs> if you need the explanation... It, it's pretty crazy what's going on um, when it comes to like what people are entertained by and what people yeah. are willing to like put their money into and create wealth around because people like the situation in Jersey Shore became multi-millionaires and, and that's because people love the flaws of other human beings it's, it's, it's humorous but that doesn't necessarily mean that we as a, a community, if we're going to go towards like inspiration, should become like, you know, the Jersey Shore. Because yeah. we, we are going to have to inspire the way maybe 
Dr. Oz seems to inspire. He is capable of inspiring through baby steps with people who might be obese and overweight, living in a place where they can't get access to all of the healthy raw foods or some of the brands that just won't ship to those flyover states and, and people who are struggling because they cannot afford to spend $6.99 on a bag of kale chips when, you know, the, the average pear, uh, potato chip bag costs them 79 cents. So there's something that's going on in terms of we have definitely got to make a better effort to inspire people rather than knock people down yeah. uh, and, and destroy people because it's a turnoff. You know, destroying people. Um, if you want to go down the route of destroying people and destroying their livelihood, um, I would say if someone wants to be a destroyer, then why not take on the big boys? Exactly. You know, if you want to, if, <laughs> if you want to go and fight somebody, you know, like whenever, um, for instance, I'm a dancer. Sometimes you'll get a dancer who will come in. And it's like a Chippendale environment. So there's a lot of testosterone guys in there. And it's pretty clear some of those guys are using steroids. I'm not one of them. But, you know, you can see it when the veins are popping out someone's neck or, you know, mm. that they might be using steroids or growth hormones and stuff. Now, sometimes you'll get a dancer come in and he's got the idea he wants to fight people. And I'm always looking at him because I know that I'm a very good fighter and I don't want to fight him. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to injure myself or him. And as he's acting like a bull in a china shop because he's insecure and he wants to prove himself, I say, why is it you don't get into the UFC cage if that's your goal? Right. You know? And he stops and all of a sudden his reality check is there. It's because he's actually too cowardly to go into the UFC cage. Right. So if you really want to destroy people and destroy other people's livelihoods, I would say the best thing to do is not destroy people who are trying to make a difference and make the world better. I would say, why not go after people who clearly don't give a damn about, <laughs> about other human beings and, and go after them because ultimately you'll find the fight you're looking for, you know? Right. If you're always looking for a fight, you'll find it. You'll find it. And, and eventually... You see, a person who keeps picking fights like that eventually finds the fight that destroys them. Mm -hmm. And so you got to be, I think it's important as consciousness. My father raised me to say, you know what, son, you're winning all these championships. And I was British champion when I was 16. He said, mm -hmm. I, w I want you to remember something and always be humble about it. You, you might even become the world champion because I beat a Kung Fu world champion when I was 17. He said, but be aware that there's always someone around the corner who's got your number and they will know how to knock you out and take you out. It doesn't matter who you are. And we've seen this in athletics where the human, the human um, uh, bar is always raised. You know, Someone like Roger Bannister breaks the four-minute mile and everyone's doing it. But up until that point, no one thought it could be done. You know, No one thought anyone could run sub-10 seconds. Until, uh, oh, it's the guy who did it. Jim Hines runs 9.99, you know? <laughs> and then everybody starts going under. And 
I think Carl Lewis was one of the first to break and go under nine nine zero, and he's in nine eight. Was that after he became vegan? Um, Carl Lewis's most of Carl Lewis's career was vegan, based upon right. juicing, and uh, he wanted to keep his weight down because he wanted to be a light runner. So he got into juicing and an enlightenment with his master, and he did become vegan. Yeah, and it means he's one of my inspirations because of his veganism. Because I'm like, well. It's interesting. No one would have really looked at it back in the day. You know, Carl had incredible muscle development in his lower body, but he looked kind of slight upper body. Um, but that was because he didn't really, you know, go that heavy with his upper body and didn't have that type of genetics. But, yeah, he was a vegan for so many years and the fastest man in the world for so many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just gives you proof that it's possible. Right, and I think, and I think that is the kind of the the thing is that when people are given examples, um, at least for those people that that identify with that that little nudge or that H O P E, it, it just gives them something to aim for. And I think that what you're speaking about is really the bottom line: is that we're just here to be the best version of ourselves as best as we can. We don't have to live up or try to emulate other people, but, you know, it's good to have reference points for something to shoot for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that I can be a reference point for people who are interested in being um, physically strong and physically fast and then at the same time maintaining a vegan or raw vegan diet if that's what they wish. But what's more important to me is is the consciousness that comes about from having a, a lifestyle where you don't ingest the death of other creatures. Um, the things that I've learned on this journey from not ingesting the death of other creatures is you will begin to notice how badly other human beings smell. And I'm talking about the odor literally, that exists in human beings that eat dead creatures. And, you know, it's quite a weird subject to touch on um, because most people are just, you know, insensitive to it. But Mm -hmm. when you heighten your senses and clear out your system and you go around individuals who are quite happy to consume it, you really do begin to notice that the poor health that they're suffering with uh, or the lack of energy is basically because this human body is clogged up with dead carcass and cholesterol. So if you block up a body with cholesterol and dead carcass or you know even just cholesterol out of an egg, which is pretty smelly you know, by itself, or if you take fish... And I was explaining to someone the other day, and let's imagine we mash fish up into fish paste, which is what your teeth do to the fish. They turn it into fish paste. And then you swallow the fish paste, and then your stomach breaks it down further, and it becomes a fishy substance that's now colloidal, and it crosses over into your bloodstream, and it travels around your bloodstream, and then it deposits into your cells. And it becomes your skin and it becomes your, uh, your organs. Are you not aware that you might have the odor of the fish? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the reality is, you know, people, especially females who uh, eat a lot of fish thinking it's healthy, have the odor of the fish. And the odor of the fish is actually a bacteria that multiplies the minute the fish leaves the ocean. Because the fish in the ocean, if you smelled it in the ocean or you picked it right up from the ocean, if you pick a fresh fish up right from the ocean, it's still alive. You'll smell next to it and it won't smell that much. You'll be like, oh, okay, it's, it's the fish's sweat maybe or the fish's scale or slime. But it doesn't have a very strong odor when it's fresh. Once it's taken from you know, where it's been fish farmed and it's, it's laid to die and it struggles and suffers and suffocates – or it bleeds out red blood, as people don't realize fish bleed red blood. And then it goes to where it's going to be chopped up, and it sits on the shelf until someone buys it. Then it comes in the refrigerator and sits. By the time it gets from its organic environment to the plate and into someone's body, the bacteria has multiplied so many times Mm -hmm. that it's basically a stink bomb. And when they eat that stink bomb, what are they expecting? Not to become a stink bomb themselves? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it, you know, if I if I suddenly switched it up and said, okay, well, why don't we try rats? You know, we, people would say, oh, now you've gone too far. That's disgusting. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm like, really? Well, you know, you guys are eating like bottom feeders on the ocean. Like you think lobsters are really gourmet, but those type of bottom feeders eat the shit that falls down and floats <laughs> on the surface from yeah. you know from other fishes. That, if a shark eats some. Let's say a shark eats some tuna and it takes a quick dump. The dump goes down onto the floor of the ocean bed and along come the shrimp and the lobster. And then they, you know, eat that up and everyone thinks that they're having a gourmet meal. But they're really eating a cockroach. Are they not aware that they might stink or take on the consciousness of that? Well, that's the key. People have to wake up and realize that what we do is interwoven. So our consciousness is totally interwoven with our actions, our thoughts, our words, our foods. And the more you get really clear on what you want to do and be, like anyone who wants to be heroic or anyone who who admires a heroic nature Mm -hmm. or wants to strive towards being a better divine being is going to have to learn to you know, discipline themselves to go towards more noble living. Otherwise, they're just living a hypocrisy. And that's the key with this whole journey for me. I want to find a way to live as noble as I can. Even when I'm a dancer, I feel like I, it's, it's a way I make money without having to be a huckster or sell people products that I don't think they need. Um, And people seem to just, you know, when people, dancers make money because we're paid a salary, but people also shove tips in our pants, you know? Um, But people give it willingly. So it doesn't, Yeah. it doesn't feel like I'm having to do a shyster number on anybody. And yet my consciousness still nags at me to find a way of creating income from, something even higher and i'm always striving to do that wow well you know i i i can't help but 
admire that. And I think that's what I've admired about you is that you definitely have been very transparent in all your videos and um, your interactions. And, you know, that, that just speaks to the journey of it all. And that's very inspiring for me. And I know the people listening um, are going to get a lot out of it, if only for them just to look at themselves and just to evaluate, you know, what's going on with us, you know, without the right or wrong, but just to get honest on, you know, what our behavior is is leading to in our lives. For me personally, um, this was a really great interview, and I definitely um, gained some valuable insights to take back into myself, take back into my meditation. So, Marcus, I thank you. Hey, man, I appreciate you, and uh, I appreciate the... Uh... The, the love you send my way in the airwaves. Absolutely, man. Well, um, hey, where can where can people find out more about you? Um, you know, I mean, I have a website called officialmarcuspatrick.com, and that's really there more so for my acting business because although, yes, I am, you know, a raw foodist and a vegan, and I do believe that that is the most optimal way a human can live, I became pretty bored of having to speak about food every day or try to make a living from, you know, preaching people what to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There's got to be more to life than (laughs) that being the reality. So, you know, that's not going to necessarily be where people are going to find out about. um, But they can find you on YouTube, right? Yeah. I mean, I still occasionally put up some videos up there, although – there are so many videos that that are on my journey that have been going on for like the last five years that uh, sometimes when I revisit an old video of mine, I'm like, wow, I'm learning from myself again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the ultimate thing I feel that's really important for people to get is that no one really knows anything for sure. Right. What we do know and what I do seem to have as an evidence is that when people eat this way, there are so many positive things that seem to outweigh any of the negatives. So it's like a good idea to give a shot. That's pretty much what you can, you can like (laughs) pass that on to people like, um, but we, but no one has the exact answers. Everyone is still experimenting, and everyone is still an experiment themselves. And so one of the things I enjoy is making sure that my diet is sometimes full of so much variety. And then sometimes I can go dogmatic for a while, and then I want to break out of it. But I make sure to get a multivitamin and mineral, which is from a Garden of Life. I make sure because it's raw and that one seems to cover me. And I also like to get raw meal from Garden of Life um, because it, it's got a lot of enzymes. And it will, those things will sort of keep you covered if you find that you're struggling with uh, a craving and you don't know where that micronutrient might be lacking in your diet. If you make sure that you've got a multivitamin mineral in your diet and uh, a shake – once a day that provides you with all the amino acids and all the probiotics, you're pretty much covered on, you know, micronutrients. And so what your body will crave on a day-to-day basis after that, whether it be, you know, you might need 
fats to create a greater level of hormone in your body because testosterone and growth hormone are created via the usage of fats, whether it be oils or nuts or seeds. So you may have that craving if you're doing a lot of heavy lifting the way I do or sprinting. If you are in need of higher carbohydrates, then you will need you know, the, the 30 banana a day type of focus for a while to increase your muscle glycogen. If you're doing a lot of academic work and your brain and your heart and lungs are just motoring away burning calories, then you need carbohydrates. And uh, proteins uh, will take care of themselves through the greens and the nuts and the seeds. Mm -hmm. People don't realize how high melons are in protein. So melons have quite a lot of protein. So giving oneself a lot of variety, and I also believe in having um, some chocolate <laughs> almost every day. Yeah. Whether it's organic, dark, um, or I don't always go for a, a cacao powder. Sometimes I just go and find an organic, dark, dairy-free chocolate that has – you read the label and you find that all the ingredients are wholesome and the sugar is in the raw. You, you will suddenly notice that what that gives to your system is an endorphin kick that makes you feel like, wow – it's just as important to nurture the inner child, the little boy in you, <laughs> you know, the smiles. Because yeah. I have lived for about three months on, on nothing but greens and grapefruit in Hawaii. So mm. the lowest sugar diet and tons of greens coming out of the earth. And what I found that was really missing, although I felt tremendous strength like a horse, was that there has to be a joy for living. You see, without a joy for living in the spirit, without that little bit of chocolate that makes you feel like a little child and happy, <laughs> you know, if you don't in, ingest or inject some of that into your life, why are you alive? Right. And, and, and some of the people who seem like they get on the raw food kick and get crazy and get angry and get nasty are sending a message out that... <laughs> That this is a very um, painful process yeah. to do because clearly if you're in such anguish that you want to be a nasty person, then there's something wrong spiritually. Right. It's a spirit. There's some kind of spiritual uh, um, void. Yeah there's, a, yeah, there's some kind of void. There's a, some kind of conflict within, their, within them, and they're using that diet to fill the void when the diet is just an access point for extended spirituality. They're not doing the personal work. Exactly. Yeah. Let, me, let me take your viewers on, or your listeners on one last little tour. Absolutely. When, when you're raised as a martial artist and... You, you, you understand the term of martial arts means to preserve life. And you start looking at history, philosophy, greatness, current uh, society, current politics, current world uh, affairs. And you ask yourself, okay, what is the purpose for living? And then you, you take a look at what people do who want to be completely of the ego and dominate other human beings whether it to be stronger, to be more violent, to be a bully. When you go down the pathway of what creates the ultimate bully, you will find that 
the strongest guy in the UFC cage or whatever would probably get beaten by the guy that's wise enough not to get in the cage but understands true martial arts, i.e. there are some guys that are just low-key ex-military guys yes. that could rip the throat out of your UFC champion in under two seconds. And the reason why they will not get in the cage is because they're not interested in money so much so that they will go and smash each other to pieces, you know, because their, their spirituality is such that they, they know they can, so why are they going to do it? Right, they don't, there's nothing they don't, to strive for. Nothing to strive for. Making millions isn't necessarily where it's at. Dominating another man and destroying his brain and kicking his legs and knees in isn't where it's at. Now, who is stronger than that military guy? Okay, the next person who's stronger than him is the guy who knows how to use the gun. Because no matter how fast that guy is good at ripping a throat out, the gun guy will shoot that guy before he can rip his throat out with his military moves. The next person up the, up the line from him is the sniper that will blow your brains out from you know, 500 feet away without you even knowing it. The next person up that particular pathway is the person who makes the phone call, who sits in a business suit behind a desk and smiles at you and says, have you done it yet? Right? So ultimately, ultimate evil comes from a smile, a suit, and completely, you know, blood-free hands. But you can, you can pretty much ask an entire village to be wiped out. Now, that's where you see evil, you know, tracks back to. Yeah. So when you want to go towards goodness, you realize that it doesn't matter how tough you are because there's someone tougher or there's someone who can make a phone call and have your brains blown out and still be smiling, giving an interview on television. So if you want to go towards goodness, all you can really go towards is be inspiring. To be inspiring and to inspire yourself because – well, if, you see, if I could never inspire anybody but myself, at least I tried to inspire myself, didn't I? Mm-hmm. You know, some people might go, that guy's a tosser. He's an idiot. He's into himself and raw food and, you know, <laughs> you know what is he doing? Into muscles and training and, you know, he's an idiot. Those people, those voices are out there in the world because to them, they would rather buy a $50 you know, Gucci t-shirt and run around and get drunk and sniff some Coke and have sex. You know, I mean, it's a fun life to them to go to Vegas and, and, and live wild. And my life might seem ridiculous, boring, and uh, completely on one in their own, you know, in their, in their consciousness, we are on some trip that makes us some, some freak because we're interested in health and consciousness and, and depth. But the reality of it is, at least I inspired myself. Mm-hmm. Now, by being brave enough to inspire yourself, believe it or not, you start inspiring other people. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's a really great way to, to close out this, this uh, conversation. Patrick, once again, I thank you so much. Hey, man, you're welcome. And thank you. Yeah, everyone, check out Marcus Patrick. I I, I, cur- I encourage you to go on YouTube, check out a lot of his videos. Um, 
I know you guys will get a lot out of it. And until next time, this is Ronnie Landis with another edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential Radio Show.